Welcome everybody to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Michael Stafford. It is Tuesday, April the 20th. And yes, tomorrow is the verdict day, but let's not talk about that right now. Let's focus on the good times. Today, we got a lot to cover, so let's get to it. Steph Curry is on fire. Is he the new front runner for MVP? And my Dodgers are starting off hot. Will they go back to back this year, guys? But first, we got Masvidal versus Usman 2 this weekend. We got a lot to get through, like I said before. So sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. This is where we start this week. We got a fight night, fight weekend. UFC is back in full effect. We got Masvidal versus Usman too. Now, UFC is ready to get back to regularly scheduled programming with fans and promotion heads back out on the road this week in Jacksonville, Florida, USA. We have UFC 261 with a loaded fight card that features three title fights. This all goes down on Saturday, April the 24th inside the Star Veterans Memorial Arena with the welterweight champion Kamaru Usman taking on Jorge Masvidal in a title rematch. Now, this event sold out in minutes when tickets went on sale, likely a combination of desire for fans to see the octagon in person once again, and its stacked car featuring three championship fights, like I said before. Usman won their first meeting last summer, if you remember we talked about it last summer at UFC 251 by decision. Masvidal stepped up on short notice for the fight. One of the first events of COVID ever held on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. Masvidal stepped in with Gilbert Burns, was forced off the card due to the coronavirus, but saw his offensive output entirely neutralized by the grappling of Usman. The co-main event is slated to see women's strawweight champion Wele Zhang take on the former title holder Rose Namahunas. This one picked up some extra heat when Namahuna said she added motivation of facing the Chinese champion because of her family's struggle with communism in Lithuania. This will be Zhang's first fight since the instant classic with Ohona Jesdedic in March 20th. Plus, flyweight champion Vatalina Shevchenko looks to make her latest title defense against former strawweight champion Jessica Andrade. So this is going to be a, we have a star-packed weekend. That was an interesting story really quick about um, uh, the second bout with the whole racial thing. That's kind of, don't usually like to touch the racials, racial things of that nature, but can't really stay away from it. <clears throat> Let's talk a little bit about my Dodgers. My Dodgers right now, the best team in baseball, but it's only 17 games in for them, where they're 13 and four, but they are unbeaten at home, six and oh, the best team at home and by far the best team in baseball. But they've only played a handful of games. So we got to wait and see what's happening there, but it's looking as their early favorites because of their because of their bullpen to win it all, all over again. So I can't wait to see what happens. Hopefully my Dodgers go back to back. Even though they're on a two-game skid against Seattle, they lost two games, but not really worried about it. It seems like they're, um, the, the, the bullpen actually is not doing their best. At, even though our starters are having an ERA, the, the top three starters have an ERA under um, right around one. 1.39 I believe it is so the starters are doing their job Bauer and, and those boys are doing their job but the bullpen's going to pick it up not really worried about it they have like 144 140 plus games left to go so 
We won't talk about baseball every week because of the fact that it's just so much going on with baseball and it's just it just it's just too long. <laughs> it's too long of a season. So but right now it looks like my Dodgers are early, early favorite. Moving right along. We gotta speak about the end of the career for the one great Alex Smith. Okay, Alex Smith just yesterday stated he's gonna retire on social media. And I'll read everything to you. Smith said earlier in the offseason he was interested in pursuing a new opportunity under center once the inevitable. Now he was released from the Washington team and it became a reality. And he could he have continued his career if he wanted to. Multiple teams wanted to sign Smith. NFL Network's Tom Flesser reported. But Smith instead decided a couple of weeks ago to walk away from the sport in terms. Okay, so the veteran quarterback, he said that he visited Jacksonville to be back under his coach, Urban Meyer, who coached him back in Utah with the Utes. But he then ultimately decided to retire, which means Urban Meyer probably told him, we, we, we're going to draft this rookie, we're probably not going to need you. I still think Alex Smith could have done great there and could have um, let the new kid usher in the number one pick and let Alex Smith start and let him usher in the new kid and then maybe halfway through the season, get him started. But what he ended up saying was, Alex Smith stated, I wanted to do my due diligence, even though I was leaning towards retirement. Like he said, um, I wanted to marinate in it a little bit. I wanted to see what was out there, and I'm happy I did. Essentially, there was no better way for Smith to go, and then on his own terms, having made it back nearly in thinkable fashion and leading his team to a playoff berth. So it was really cool what happened at that point. I don't know if you guys remember, but he almost had that career ending, actually almost life-threatening injury some years back come back from it became comeback player of the year um he won it last year as he got into the game mid-season after Dwayne Haskin um getting benched and Kyle Allen getting injured he posted the 5-1 record Washington started and solidified his position so he did very well under that part but he wants to retire with his wife Elizabeth and play around with his kids and as you remember he should have lost his leg it was that bad a compound fracture he took some time ago so if you remember, Smith, he entered NFL as the number one overall pick back in 2005 by the 49ers. Many people thought that the 49ers will live to regret it because who got picked later in that draft? That bad man, Aaron Rodgers, was picked 20-plus picks below by Green Bay. So not only did, did um, the Niners pass on him, who actually needed a quarterback, uh, but many other teams did as well. But he was drafted one overall to replace Steve Young, who was retiring. So it's understood. And once again, like I said, he he went 12-0 with the Utes and, and won it all in the Fiesta Bowl in 2005 when he played for Urban Meyer back over there in Utah. So he had a tumultuous career. He's like the one who pretty much gets that next guy started up, where when he was with the 49ers, he was the person who ushered in Kaepernick, where um, Harbaugh decided to go with Kaepernick midseason so then they end up shipping him to Kansas City for a fresh start under Andy Reid. And everyone kept saying the team is great, but it's like they're missing something. They had a young kid who was in the second year, I believe, in um, Patrick Mahomes. And once Patrick Mahomes, even though Alex Smith did a great job, 50 and 26 mark as a starter, helping Kansas City make the playoffs in four of his five seasons, they still went with Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes inevitably got him a Super Bowl. So it seemed like he was always in the wrong place at the wrong time, if you will. I'm not sure, but it was like it's going to be the same thing all over again uh, if he went over to uh, Jacksonville, just prepping them to get ready for the next up-and-coming player. 
So, you know, he, he did pretty well. He finishes his career with 99.67 in a draw, a passer rating of 86.9, and a touchdown interception ratio of 199 to 109. His 99 wins are the fifth most of any quarterback selected number one overall in the common draft era, trailing only Peyton Manning, John Elway, Eli Manning, and Terry freaking Bradshaw. Smith has also joined Brett Favre as the only quarterback since 1950 to start on three or more teams and having a winning record with each one, proving that while he was never quite a superstar at the position, he was a winner. You can now smile and reflect back on that. So that is that with Alex Smith. We're going to take a short, short break. When we come back, we will speak on everything Steph Curry has, has done so far this season. Is he the true MVP? And everything else related to basketball. So we're going to take a short break. This is The Time Is Now. This show is brought to you by Pure Diamond Auto. With Pure Diamond Auto, they take the dirt out of the car business and make it pure. Pure Diamond Auto has a team of former finance and sales managers who can guide you through all the tricks of the trade. Go to www.purediamondautola.com today and use promo code TIME for a free consultation. That's promo code TIME. That's purediamondautola.com. What can I say? I love PDA. All right, you know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday, so let's go. We got John Cena turning 44 and NBA superstar Allen Houston turning 50 and Andre Agassi turning 51 and Danny Granger turning 38 and Shamar Moore turning 51 and Gail Goodrich, NBA Hall of Famer, turning 78 and Carmen Electra turning 49 and the big fundamental Tim Duncan's turning 45 and whoa, Joey Lawrence turning 45 and Tion Tivas Watkins from TLC is turning 51 and Killer Mike turning 46 and Luke Keekley turning 30 and Jet Lee turning 58 and my darling Queen Elizabeth turning 95 good God. Tony Romo turning 41 and Carol Burnett turning 88 and that funny man Rob Riggle turning 51 and the first black bachelorette Rachel Lindsay turning 36 and Avant R&B sensation turning 43 and Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch turning 35. And Jack Nicholson turning 84. And George Lopez turning 60. Sherry Shepard turning 54. And Al Pacino turning 81. And Barbara Streisand turning 79. And Renee Zellweger turning 52. Cedric the Entertainer turning 57. And Channing Tatum turning 41. And Melania Trump, the former first lady, turning 51. And Kevin James, Paul Blart, the uh, mall cop, turning 56. And the Big Red Machine came turning 54, and Aaron Judge turning 29. We have some honorable mentions. Luther Vandross, who passed away in 2005, would have been 70 this week. Shirley Temple, with the infamous drink, famous actress, who passed away in 2014, would have been 93 this week. And finally, the very famous author, William Shakespeare, who passed away in 1616. We're celebrating his 457th birthday this week. But that's all the birthdays we have this week, guys. Now, back to our show. 
Welcome back, and we're going to get right into it. We got Steph Curry with the shot, Chef Curry with the shot, Steph Curry with the shot, Chef Curry with the shot. Wish I had that audio, man, but one of these days we'll upgrade and get us on that level. But Steph Curry is on fire, y'all. Just last night, he put up another 49-point game, another 30-plus game, surpassing the late, great Kobe Bryant as the most consecutive 30-plus games over the age of 33. I know there's a lot of qualifiers. A lot of people was checking me online about it. And it's not really the record. What about James Harden? And and then the Big Dipper, Will Chamberlain. And these guys, you know, Will Chamberlain was 15 in the year, and he had the most consecutive. And they did blah, blah, blah. Listen, when you get to be 33 plus years, when you've been in the league for several years and you still put up numbers like that, it, it, it's, it's remarkable. So I'm going to give him his flowers. He passed Kobe Bryant, Kobe freaking Bryant and Michael Jordan, by the way. Michael Jordan had the record at seven before Kobe Bryant took that over and got it to 10. And now Steph Curry, as of today, has the record at 11. Give him his flowers. This man, is, he's, he's the best role player, air quote, role player I've ever seen. Okay. So Steph Curry put up 49 last night with another 10 threes. Another 10 threes. Now, if you go back and look at it, he's put up 72 threes in the last 10 games. That's the most all time. Guess whose record he broke? His own, which was 69. Okay. In the month of April so far, this month isn't over. He's averaged 40 points a game, over 40 points a game, shooting over 50% from the field. That's the first time a player has done that since Wilt Chamberlain did it in 53. <laughs> Y'all don't hear me, though. This guy has just surpassed Bradley Beal as the scoring leader so far in the NBA at 31.4 points. Now, if he continues on this pace, he'll be the eldest player since Michael Jordan to win the scoring champion. So what does this all mean? Right now, he has leapfrogged a bunch of people in the talk for MVP. Yes, right now, the standings don't say he should earn it. But the way he's playing, he's fighting his team because we all saw what happened last year. When there was no Steph Curry, these guys were a bottom feeder team. They were lower than Phoenix. They were, they were like Minnesota. So we got to give him his props. We got to give Steph Curry his props. I have him as an MVP candidate. Um, I believe he should be up there, top three right now. The the uh, He's jumped in the standings where it shows that Jokic is still number one as he put up some big numbers last night as well, over 40-something points and several assists and like nine rebounds, whatever. They still have Embiid as number two. I feel with the way Philly has played without Embiid, and then now just losing to Steph Curry at home, and they play great defense against him. I feel like he put up his best season so far. But because I look at most the V, valuable player, that team is great without him. So he, to me, cannot be a valuable player. He should not win MVP. And with Jokic, the team is a 500, they're, they're a fifth seed. And um, they have Curry now as third. So those are the top three. They say, if it was me, me is for mine is more like a wait and see. But the people I have in my top three, number one, I have James Harden. James Harden, and I know it's never going to happen because of the fact you don't have players who go from, especially the way he left. It's not even that he got traded to another team. It's the way he left. Like he was dogging it. And that type of thing, you know, it's the media who, who rewards this and no one's going to reward him for doing what he did. They don't want to set a precedent, like I said weeks before, to allow a player to do what they did and and then get the MVP somewhere else. And still playing on a star-studded team, even though they only played seven games together, all three of them. But 
I believe the way he's done it and how great they play when Harden's running the show, I feel like Harden, should, to me, is the front runner for MVP. Number two for me is actually Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard's been doing this this whole time. McCullum not there for most of the season. Nurkic's not there for most of the season. Um, a lot of the players, a lot of his key players are not really there. It's really been him. So what Steph Curry's doing now, Dame has been doing that all year. So I have to lean towards Dame Lillard. Um, another person I'm going to mention, and this is more of a wait and see, is LeBron James. And I say that is because even with AD out, the Lakers are still in the top three team in the West. Now with LeBron out, you can see how bad the team is. They're the worst offensive rated team in the league without LeBron. Once again, I'm talking about value. It's like the opposite of Embiid. The Phillies still played well without Embiid. Lakers play like trash without LeBron. Now people are going to say, well, that's because AD as well. Now what we're going to see is AD is scheduled to come back this week. And we'll see how the team adjusts with AD and Drummond trying to figure it out. LeBron should come back next week. So with the Lakers only having 14 games left in the season, we'll see how that goes. If he does a strong push and plays the last five or seven games, and they go on a 6-1 win streak to finish off the season and finish with a higher seed than they are now, which is going to be tough because they've got a couple and a half games behind Denver. But if they make a strong push with LeBron in the lineup, it will clearly show, clearly show who's the most valuable player in the league truly is as he still played majority of the games this season my honorable mention is actually someone that people don't talk about they got the respect on his name chris paul as they went ahead and just beat down what did they beat last night i forgot who they beat they beat him on the road too i think it was um was it milwaukee i think they built milwaukee and that, that yeah they beat milwaukee to start off their the, the probably the toughest road trip in the league so far five game road trip they're starting they started yesterday and they beat milwaukee in milwaukee and chris paul is is, is the one orchestrating all this as he just passed magic johnson for fifth all-time in assists. chris paul y'all need to put respect on his name chris paul is my honorable mention for mvp now with more basketball let's go into my picks last week my top game picks last week let's get into it on Tuesday, Tuesday, we had the Lakers versus Charlotte. I picked the Lakers and I was right. Next, Miami versus Phoenix. I chose Phoenix at home and I was right. Next, Boston versus Portland. I chose Portland at home. I was wrong. Boston's been hot ever since, ever since Paul Pierce playoff P or whatever you want to call him. Ever since the truth got a, got himself removed from the from ESPN, Boston's been winning seven and one the hottest team in the league since April 1st. So I was wrong about Boston. Portland lost. I was wrong. Wednesday, Brooklyn versus Philly. I knew Philly was going to win at home. Brooklyn, they got a lot of injuries. They're kind of suspect. I don't think they're strong down low. I still picked Philly to win the East. I picked Philly to win this game, and I was right. Next, Dallas versus Memphis. I chose Memphis at home. Memphis has been balling. But Dallas, there was too much for them that night. Dallas won that game, and I was wrong. Next, Miami versus Denver. Denver at home was too good. It's tough. Miami's kind of, um, they're kind of hit and miss right now. They're kind of slumping a little bit. So Miami didn't win that game. Denver won and I was right. Next, Thursday, Boston versus LA at home. Hey, what do you want me to say? I called my Lakers. I went with my Lakers, but Boston, like I said, has been hot. Boston won in LA. I was wrong. Next, Friday. Friday, the Clippers versus Philly. Clippers versus Philly in Philly. I said Philly was going to win and I was right. Game beat Doc Rivers in home. Going against his old team, they were motivated. Next, Saturday, Utah versus the Lakers. Remember I said this before. I said they're going to split the games, and I didn't know all these injuries were going to happen, but I just felt like the Lakers were not going to lose at home. I said they're going to win one of these two games, and I was right. Lakers won that game on Saturday. It was a great game. Great, great game. Went to overtime. 
Next, Golden State versus Boston. Golden State on the road versus Boston. Boston is hot. I thought with the way Steph's playing, they were going to win, pull it out, but I was wrong. Golden State lost that game. Sunday, Brooklyn versus Miami. I chose Brooklyn on the road versus Miami. Brooklyn, <laughs> Brooklyn, man, I don't know what's going on, but it was, that came down the wire with a bam out of the bayou with a clutch shot. Game was tied at 107 on, and bam, hit the shot. Beat, my, beat Brooklyn. I was wrong. Brooklyn lost that game. Finally, Monday, Utah versus Lakers is the rematch. And I did call Utah winning that game, and I was right. Actually, blew those boys out. was even close. Finally, Phoenix versus Milwaukee. Milwaukee at home. I would have been right if, if Giannis didn't go down with that injury. He had the cramp. So Phoenix won, starting the road trip off strong. And I was wrong. I finished off last week, 7-6. and six. <sighs> I keep doing this, don't I? I keep on doing this. Keep on doing this. Well, 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 let's go look at the standings after that, after this week. Let's take a look at the standings, shall we, shall we? In the Eastern Conference, topping everything, okay, taking some time here. In the Eastern Conference, sorry guys, internet's moving slow for some reason. <laughs> I believe it was Philly still on top. Let's take a look at it. So Philly... Philly is still on top by a full game over Brooklyn. Um, they're 7-3 the last 10 games. They just lost to Phoenix last night, like I said. And Brooklyn's second. And going all the way down, we have Brooklyn second, Milwaukee third. Atlanta snug there in the fourth position, but they're only a half game ahead of Boston. And then New York Knicks, surprise team. They're also um, a half game tied with Boston. Um, they're identical records, both 27 losses in the lost column. Miami's there at seventh position, and Charlotte's still hanging on. Charlotte went from fourth to eighth because they lost to LaMelo Ball. But guess what? LaMelo Ball comes back this week. He's trying to take his Rookie of the Year back. He wants his Rookie of the Year crown. He might push them up to at least the seventh seed. Could get to the eighth or sixth. We'll see. Remind you, being in seventh to tenth seed, meaning that you're in the play-in play game format, and you want to fight out of that spot there in the seventh when we get to at least the sixth position which miami is only a game out of finishing off with the ninth seed is pacers and the 10th seed is chicago right there we have the uh wizards with westbrook who pushed themselves back up into the picture who's now tied with chicago for that final spot in the 10th spot let's take a look let's go further down all right, so Washington Wizards right now, identical records with Chicago, like I said again, and they are the hottest team in the East with the Knicks. They are on a five-game winning streak. The Wizards are. Westbrook, please some respect on his name as well. Five-game winning streak, won seven in the last 10 games. It doesn't look like um, Toronto's not far out of it. They only half came out of the 10th position, but I don't believe in them. They are, um, they, they've been pretty skittish. You know, they won three straight, but haven't been looking convincing, but they can, they're still in the mix as well. Chicago got Vucevic. They got a lot to prove. I think Indiana's safe where they are. And I think, like I said, again, LaMelo balls back into it. I think all those teams that are currently in the playoff positions are all going to stay there. It's all about if Chicago, Washington, or Toronto are going to take that last final spot. Western Conference, we got the Utah Jazz still at number one, a game and a half over Phoenix. And they are 6-4 of the last 10. They did lose Donovan Mitchell. We'll see how they recover from that. Um, Phoenix Suns are the sleepers of the league, which is incredible to be sleepers. I think a lot of you guys just need to get league pass because Phoenix is balling with Chris Paul, what he's doing with Booker, DeAndre Ayton. They just picked up Crowder. Bridges is balling. 
they are someone to mess with. They got Cam Johnson. This team is serious, and they need to pay attention. They're not going to be an easy out in the West. Clippers are third, not too far behind, two games behind. Denver Nuggets are in the fourth position. Lakers are in the fifth. Portland in the sixth. And then you have the Mavericks and Memphis Grizzlies. And the Memphis, that's really tight. Between six and eight, there's only a, a three-game difference. So it's pretty tight right there. So we got to see what happens there. Golden State's right there in the ninth, and San Antonio in the tenth. There's actually a nice sizable gap between San Antonio and New Orleans. New Orleans is three and a half games back out of the play-in tournament. So we'll see what happens. Lonzo Ball's been letting me down. Even though Zion's getting all his numbers up, it's not translating to winning basketball. I really starting to believe that Van Gunning was the wrong, wrong pick for this team. If you look, Monty Williams is balling. He's probably my front runner for coach of the year over there in Phoenix. It's, it's Chris Paul, yes, but Monty Williams has a lot to do with that. So I think the standing state as is, even though the Golden State Warriors are a game out of eight. So that's all important for the seeding of the playing tournament. But I don't think any of these guys are going to not miss or not or not end up in a playoff tournament. Playing tournament is all a matter of how they seed. Because 7th through 10th, there's literally two games. From Dallas to San Antonio, there's a two-game difference. It can easily happen either way. So you got to pay attention to this. And um, like I said with the Lakers, there are three, they're two and a half games out from Denver for the fourth seed. And they got a long way from the third seed. So they might end up in the fourth or fifth. They won't drop below to six. It's a two game difference as you have AD and LeBron coming back in the final games of the year. And like I said before, Portland hasn't been doing well. They're four or six out of their last 10. So it's gonna be very interesting to see how that's all gonna bottom out. So with all that said, let's look at my picks. For this coming up week, week 18, tonight, we have the Clippers. This is a big week. Let me start by saying this. This is going to be my most picks. This is probably the biggest week in the NBA so far, period. With a lot of players coming back from injury and a lot of key games with a lot of playoff implications this week. Tonight, Clippers versus Portland. Portland's been straddling the fence, like I said before. I have the Clippers winning that game. Next, Brooklyn versus New Orleans. New Orleans needs this game more than Brooklyn, but I feel like Brooklyn's just too good. Even on the road, I got Brooklyn winning that game. Wednesday, Memphis versus the Clippers. It's the game of the back-to-back game. Portland is a tough out. Dame time might actually beat the Clippers, but I think Clippers are going to win, like I said. But so then the next night, Memphis, and now you have the Clippers on the road going from Portland back home to L.A. I have Memphis winning that game for that exact reason. Next, Phoenix versus Philly. This is a tough one. This might be the game of the night. Phoenix versus Philly, big game. Big, big game. This is a lot for seeding. I actually have Philly winning this game because Philly is a good enough perimeter defensive team to hold off Philly. And Embiid, Embiid's going to put a pounding on Aiton. Aiton is a good up-and-coming player. Aiton's probably one of the best players to defend um, Embiid, but Embiid's going to take him outside and then just do a lot of shake and bake. So I got Philly winning at home. Next, Golden State versus D.C. It's going to be a great game. Steph and... Curry versus Westbrook is always showtime, man. And with the DC flying high right now, but Golden State is looking scary. So Golden State is on their road trip. I have Golden State beating DC at home. Next, Atlanta versus New York. New York's one of the top defensive teams in the league, and Atlanta's not good against defensive teams, and they're going to be in New York. Should they step up with the bright lights? Maybe. But Julius Randle's on another level right now, guys. He's on another level right now. I got New York beating Atlanta at home. Next, Denver versus Portland. Portland's going to need to turn it around against this team. Denver is not good defensively, and Portland is great offensively. Anytime you have a team that's not good defensively, especially on the perimeter, Dame time. And they're at home, Dame time. I got Portland beating Denver at home. 
Now, Thursday. Thursday, I got the Lakers versus Dallas. is starting their little series. AD should be back for this game. And if AD is back for this game, I got the Lakers winning in Dallas. Next, Phoenix versus Boston. I got Phoenix beating Boston on the road. Phoenix is that good. Uh, Phoenix is going to be doing really well on this road trip. I just got them with a little hiccup against Philly. But I got them rebounding the next night against Boston on the back-to-back. Next, Philly versus Milwaukee. Also, Philly will be on the back-to-back. So I got Milwaukee winning at home. Philly taking that L. Next, Friday, I got the Mavs versus Atlanta. I'm sorry, not the Mavs. I got the Heat versus Atlanta at home. Atlanta's going to rebound. They're going to put the test to Miami. That's a ta- that's a coin flip game. But a lot of playoff implications. But I'm going to lean towards the Hawks. Next, Boston versus Brooklyn. Brooklyn at home. Brooklyn's going to show Boston was really good. It was really good. State meter from Boondocks. Got to watch it. Got to watch that to see what I'm talking about. Got Brooklyn winning at home. Next, Denver versus Golden State. I got Golden State winning again. Denver's perimeter defense isn't good enough on the road in Golden State. Steph Curry going to keep on cooking in the month of April. Go ahead and watch and see what I say. Next, John Morant versus Dame Time. You got to watch that. Memphis versus Portland is going to be a great game. That's another coin flip game. I'm going to lean towards Portland on that one. Saturday, Saturday, I got the Lakers again versus Dallas. I have Lakers winning that match. I got them sweeping Dallas this weekend. Lakers winning that game. And AD for sure will be back for that game. Next, Philly versus Milwaukee. I got Philly beating Milwaukee in Milwaukee. Philly's this that good. Next, San Antonio versus New Orleans. Another strong playoff implication game. I feel like New Orleans needs to beat especially San Antonio. So I'm going to lean towards New Orleans beating San Antonio at home. Sunday, 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 Phoenix finishing up their road trip. Actually, they're not finishing it then. My bad. But Sunday, Phoenix versus Brooklyn on the road. I have Phoenix beating Brooklyn in Brooklyn. Phoenix is the best road team in the league. We do not own the rights to this music. You got 
I'm sorry, I lied. I'm number one, two, three, four, and five. Stop wasting your money on marketing schemes and pretty packages pushing dreams to the fiends. A dope MC is a dope MC with or without a record deal, all can see. And that's who pay your rest, be son. I'm not the run of the mill, cause for the mill, I don't run. Yes, yes, y'all, you don't stop. KRS one, rock on. Yes, yes, y'all, you don't stop. KRS one, rock on. was Step Into a World by KRS-One. Classic track. Gotta get some East Coast in there. Show the East Coast some love. Gotta love it. Okay. So I'm about to go there. As much as I try to dance around it. And light up everything that's happening. With all the different cases. With a young man, 13 year old. Being shot down in the Chicago area. And then all the other events in Minnesota with the census killing, with the kneelings, chokeouts in Long Island, Brianna Taylor getting killed in her nightgown when the person they were looking for was already apprehended across town. 
And I just continue to witness it over and over again. We keep talking about these just a few bad apples. Just a few bad apples. And I always ask myself, I start to ask myself, where are the good apples? And I always keep saying that I have friends and what have you, and I just dance around it because these are people that I know that have to be good, right? They have to be good, right? But when it's matters like this, they're extremely quiet. And what did, what did I say a year ago about the white moderate? That they're the most dangerous because of the fact that you say that you understand and you say that you agree, but you always try to tell me when it's the most convenient time to have an uprising, when it's the most convenient time to protest and how to protest. With this, I see no difference. I have most people that I know who were fighting more for the, the term uh, uh, to, to defund the police and how we have to find a new word, even though it's the correct term. You just have to educate yourself on knowing what it actually meant. But at the end of the day, they were more afraid of losing their jobs or whatever the situation may be, or just, just counter the, the knowledge or the notion of defunding them, meaning saying, thinking that it was demantling them and, and just getting rid of them altogether, then standing up for black and brown lives, then jumping on the forefront and saying, this cannot happen. As there was an officer, I cannot remember his name at the time. Cannot even remember where he was located. But there was an officer at one point who spoke about the George Floyd incident and later was removed from his duties. And maybe that's the fear. You could be a good apple all you want to, but if you stand up against Big Brother, they're gonna just get rid of you. And you're afraid of losing that job. You're afraid of losing that pension more so than standing up for people who look like you. When I see the thing, I think of uh, to serve and protect, not to terrorize and destroy. But I spoke about the other week when I said that when I'm driving and I see those lights, I clench in fear because thinking that they have the authority to kill me at any moment's notice. Now, should I feel that way? What's wrong with the system? It's broken. We need to rebuild it, we say. But is it, or is it working the way it was designed all along? Where we talked about how people are being policed in certain situations where you have the impoverished communities that are over-policed to put them in a system where they cannot afford proper, proper representation to get them locked away for little to nothing so they can continue to work off their free labor. Remember the 13th Amendment? So when you see you see that people who have money can get off on things, even if they killed their spouse. Remember OJ? See, most of those communities that are getting over-policed with the impoverished areas are usually black and brown because the system is working the way it's supposed to. The forefathers never had you in mind. At the time, they actually owned slaves. So what is it that is saying that is wrong, that it needs to be reformed? No, it's working the way it was designed to work. It's working the way it was designed to work. And they usually had white men running or, or policing the people that don't look like them. And they made it feel as if, okay, if I give you this gun and badge, you're safe. The blue wall. You're not going to try to take my money at the top of this mountain in capitalism. 
We're going to brainwash you in believing that you're doing something just and right when all you're doing is perpetuating a system that keeps them up top. How many times have I heard that the police officers don't make enough money? But yet and still, you're policing those who make even less than you and you're killing them at a disproportionate rate or you're locking them up for little to nothing. It is the system that is working in the way it's always been designed. So in essence, is it a corrupt system? Is there bad apples? Or is it a bad tree that sometimes so happily to produce good apples? So what I say is where are these good apples in times of need? Why aren't you policing these bad apples instead of us having to have the Black Panthers to police us, to police you back in the days? Because we need to be protected from those who are paid to protect us. And if you're afraid of being discommunicated, if you're afraid to lose your pension, save your money, save a percentage of your money, live beneath your, 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 your means, and acquire some representation beforehand and do not take the representation of the police force because their job is to protect the shield not you so before you go ahead and you would quote unquote blow the whistle make sure you have representation let them know like hey if anything happens to me my occupation here or any of my loved ones please know that i've already sought out representation so not only will you be protected but if they tried anything, you'd be rewarded beyond every mean. They're all good guys on the other side of this. There's nothing to really fear. It is time for these good apples to tear down this poisonous tree and build a new one. Because there's a time coming. There's an uprising happening where people are just tired of being tired. And I want my friends, I want my loved ones who are on that blue shield to make sure that they are on the right side of history. Until next time. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it this week. Once again, thank you for all my listeners to rock with me, continue to rock with me, and I appreciate all the assistance, all the love, and all the um, you know, all the support over this past year we've been on air for about a year now guys and um this is really exciting what's going on for the future so i really appreciate everyone remember to share subscribe and if you want to please leave a rate and review um link in the bio also if you want to be added to the show if you want your voice heard on the show click the link and go ahead and request that and you only have 60 minutes to state your case whenever you want to speak on whether it's sports or otherwise now it's time for our final word how long will you say such things? Your words are blustering wind. Does God pervert justice? Does the almighty pervert what is right? When your children sinned against him, he gave them over to the penalty of their sin. But if you will seek God earnestly and plead with the almighty, if you are pure and upright, even now he will rouse himself on your behalf and restore you to your prosperous state. Your beginnings will seem humble so prosperous will you future be. Ask the former generation and find out what their ancestors learned. For we were born only yesterday and know nothing, and our days on earth 
are but shadow? Will they not instruct you and tell you? Will they not bring forth words from their understanding? Can papyrus grow tall where there is no marsh? Can reeds thrive without water? While still growing and uncut, they wither more quickly than grass. Such is the destiny of all who forget God. So perishes the hope of the godless. What they trust in is fragile. What they rely on is a spider's web. They lean on the web, but it gives away. They cling to it, but it does not hold. They are like a well-watered plant in the sunshine, spreading its shoots over the garden. It intertwines its roots around a pile of rocks and looks for a place among the stones. But when it's torn from its spot, the place disowns it and says, I never saw you. Surely its life withers away and from the soil other plants grow. Job 8, 2 through 19. Remember to spread love, share love, embrace love for God is love. Until next time, peace.